Is this thing on? Word. <laughs> this is the Rookie Sports Report, hosted by Matthew Frizzell. Four runs off the Detroit Tigers, who are the 10th worst in all of baseball. And Logan Weber. But this man was swallowed whole by a whale. Presented by 96.9, and AM 1060, ESPN, The Jock. Everybody love everybody! Come on! <clears throat> What's going on, everyone? Where the hell have we been? Here, there, and My everywhere, good. man. Well, yeah, here, there, a little bit of quarantining, a little bit of just about damn near everything here, just away from the podcast. And um, I was just thinking about this on the way here. Remember when we were little kids, how uh, we just always, always wanted to be adults. All the freedom that was advertised, all of the just expenditures and what have you. Being an adult sucks. It really does. I, I wish I could go back to, you know, when I was, you know, like 11, 12 years old or right around that time. It's always the best because uh, it was just great times. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a little nostalgic on us this morning. Yeah. Also a bit of an emotional day for me, but um, no, nah, it, it's been too long. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, well, obviously you don't know because we just haven't been posting uh, we've just, like Logan said, we've been here, there, and everywhere. Uh, so what, a couple weeks ago, so yeah, like, we were doing just stuff over the last couple weeks with, uh, like, you were in quarantine for a little bit because, uh, surprisingly, uh, your fiancé got COVID, but somehow you just had the magic pill or the magic immunities to not get it. Well, I got the magic immunities to not test positive, but yeah. I was still miserably sick. I was sick as a dog. It was just the most bizarre thing. I got tested four or five times in like a seven-day period. They all came back negative. I'm looking at the doctors like, then tell me what's wrong with me. okay? Right. Because every time I stand up, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Like driving to that clinic every day to get tested was the most horrific thing I've ever endured in my life. I was, you know, just the room was spinning. Felt like the earth was off its axis. My head was, so, I was so nauseous. It was ridiculous. But tested negative and, yeah, had to had to quarantine for 10 days because of that. Got off quarantine Christmas Eve. So, thankfully, I didn't miss the holidays, but it was a, it was a rough couple of weeks there. Right. So, we had to miss then. And then, speak of COVID, last week, we had a bit of an outbreak uh, in the production area of Zimmer Communications, uh, Rylan, our usual producer for Springfield Happy Hour on our sister station, 93.3 KWTO, uh, he got COVID. And then uh, Abby Linton, the acclaimed producer of uh, Art Haynes' show Sports Talk right here on the Jock Station from 4 to 6, uh, Abby got COVID. So <laughs> you were in charge of Sports Talk. I was in charge of Happy Hour. And Tom Ladd, our boss, was in charge of doing the sports reporters. And, of course, you have other fulfillments. I have other fulfillments. It really just wasn't ideal for us to podcast at that time. So we just kind of called it quits there. And then uh, this week uh, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday, if I could speak, uh, I was helping my sister help her move. Um, right now she's going through a divorce with her ex-husband now. And um, 
it's been a tough process, and today was or yesterday was the toughest day because we had to move a lot of boxes uh, into her new apartment. And of course, she lives on the second floor of an apartment, so we have to climb stairs while carrying heavy boxes. Um, both of my arms are sore, by the way. So it, even then, afterwards today in the morning, I had an arm workout due for me. So I did that. A little bit of self-inflicted wounds, but that's nonetheless uh, really worth it for me. But uh, glad able to help her, but haven't been able to really been here or to be here in studio to record this podcast until today, and uh, thankfully we're back. We are back, and I was gonna—I wanted to ask you about that really quickly. You know, when when we did sports talk on New Year's Eve, um, filling in for Art and Wyatt, you mentioned that you were gonna getting ready to do this seventy-five day challenge. Is that what it was called? Yeah, 70? seventy-five hard challenge. Yeah, yeah, where you did one two workouts a day. One of them had to be inside, or one had had to be outside. How's that going for you? Uh, well, they don't call it hard for, for no reason. It's tough. Uh, right now I'm on day 11 and, uh, I may be crazy, but I think I see a little bit of progress now. Um, after on day five and I'm not going to do it on a certain like, uh, date number. I'll just do it on a date, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll, I'm going to weigh in on a Friday. So I'll weigh in tomorrow. And whenever I first weighed in, uh, for the start of the challenge, I weighed in at 256 and then, uh, last Friday, I weighed in at 249. So, wow. uh, yeah, the challenge, look, it's they don't call it 75 hard for a reason. For those that don't know, the full, uh, I guess, what would you call them, uh, requirements for it, uh, acquisitions that you have to do, you have to work out twice a day for at least 45 minutes. So, And one of the workouts has to be outside, no matter the temperature. And I think I saw or I heard today, uh, I was listening to, to the program that you produce, the Sports Sports with Ned Rounds. I heard like Holly Holden from Accuracy say like there's a possibility of like four to eight inches of like yeah, rain four, slash four to eight snow. inches of snow on Saturday. And I'm just like, I can't run in that. I can't. I can't walk in that, or I can't do it uh, safely. But uh, that's besides the point. I'll still figure out something to do. Hell, I'll just shovel snow for my outside work. There you go. That's not a bad idea. And it's it's funny. I wanted to ask you about that. You and I are sort of on opposite trajectories right, right. now because. With you, your your goal is to gain lean muscle and lose weight. Mm-hmm. My goal is to gain lean muscle and gain weight. Yeah. So that like you've been doing this this seventy five day hard challenge. I, I've been doing a lot of workouts myself. So um, I'm working out lifting three days a week: Monday, cool. Wednesday, Friday, and then I'm doing these every day of the week. All seven days, I do like a morning workout, which is about 15 to 20 minutes. There's a lot of in-home workouts, you know, crunches and and planks and things like that. You know, it's not a lot of lifting weights necessarily, but I've been doing a lot of that stuff and also running and and walking as much as I can. I got got my fiance involved yesterday and we went and worked out together. We did a lift. Good. Um, She did a lot. I did a lot more upper body and core workouts. She did a lot more legs. She's got her own little workout regimen that she's got, a little app on her phone or whatever. And so do I. My, My leg day was Monday. And then Wednesday I did, I did, it was, Wednesday was basically all arms. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, or yeah, yesterday was, was basically all arms and core. And then it looks like Friday is going to be more of the same arms and core, which, you know, one of those things, my arms and my, my, my chest and my abs hurt tremendously today. But then afterwards we, we went and got a lot of run in, you know, my workout plan regiments out 10,000 steps per day. Whether that's walking, running, whatever. So I did about four and a half miles yesterday. Now, I would say about three of that was walking, and then uh, we did some jogging as well. We went and walked at a park near our apartment complex, and 
there's only about a half mile of it that's actually like pavement. Oh, everything else is go. everything else is like out in the woods, and it's you know it's these these tree these paths that are just worn out and muddy, and they have they have some some you know wood chips and stuff down to sort of make it an even surface. But so what we would do is is we would we would jog the like pavement park the concrete yeah. and then we would walk the rest of it we get back to the pavement and jog that and so we did three laps of that but that's sort of where i'm at right now is i'm, I'm trying to gain a lot more lean muscle i haven't had soda since january 2nd i don't think i've i've cut out soda no that's, more that's an easy 10 pounds yeah no right more there. no yeah. more fast food i haven't done fast food in over a week um microwaved food haven't done that so i've been cooking like my own meals you know we've Good. actually been cooking um, I don't know if, of course, this isn't a television program, so the the listeners can't see it, but you can over here, Frizz. I've got this little shake bottle Is that, that I've got. I it, yeah, I bought two of them. So I've got one that is for my pre workout that I take before before I work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm thinking about adding a fourth day, um, because Monday is like all legs, and then Wednesday, Friday are arms and arms, chest, and core. So I'm thinking about maybe doing like a, I do a two and two. Yeah, I would do like a Saturday workout maybe. That would that would implement in that way. I would do another day of legs, but I'm thinking about either Saturday or doing it on like today, Thursday, because I don't want to have to do legs on Saturday and then whip back around and do legs again on Monday. Right. Um. So maybe do legs Monday. Uh. Just do my in home workout Tuesday, Wednesday. Do arms, chest, and core. Thursday. Do more legs. Friday. Arms, chest, and core. And then I have Saturday, Sunday to just sort of just do my in-home workouts and recuperate a little bit before I have to go back out and start lifting again. But I'm I I can already tell, you know, I'm not seeing any results or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm only on day eight, seven, seven. I think I started doing this last last Thursday. Um, so I'm not seeing any results yet or anything. But you know, I, I go and I lift, and it seems like every time I lift, I wake up the next morning and I'm less sore than I was the day before. That's exactly so how. So I'm yeah. working out. The soreness is is going away, which is a good thing because those first couple of days, I was I was sore as all get out, having trouble getting out of bed, walking, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I'm working on that and doing as much as I can to to eat lean meats and and proteins and you know stuff like that. And it's already driving Maggie crazy. You know, everything, we went grocery shopping a little bit yesterday. We bought like $100 worth of stuff. There you go. But everything I looked at, I had to look at the the nutrition facts on the back to see how many grams of protein Uh there was, how much sodium it had, you know, all that stuff. Because I'm trying to gain weight, and the best way to do that is protein, fiber, and and carbs. Those are the three best ways to gain weight. So everything I'm eating is some sort of lean meat, whether it's steak or chicken, pork, um, you know, as well as some type of carb, whether like that's rice or something. Yeah, yeah, rice or garlic bread, you know, some sort of bread, um, eating a lot of pasta the last few days, <sighs> a lot of pasta, yeah. chicken. We had chicken Parmesan. I had, we did Ooh, grilled chicken Parmesan the other good. day. Um, we did, I did beef tips and mashed potatoes a couple of nights ago. Last night we did cheeseburger macaroni because we like, were both exhausted and I didn't really want to like fully cook anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so, but Tonight, tonight we've got a plan in place. We're gonna do some. We're gonna do some good stuff tonight. So, what good stuff are you making? Do so you know we haven't. I think what we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna do we're gonna do pork chops, um, yeah. with with sour cream and like onion. They've got like the little onion ch- 
chi- uh, I don't know what they're called. Seasoning? Or? No, it's so they're not Mint? like actual onions. Those little things that you put on like in stuffing and stuff like that, like okay. little onion crisps or whatever. Sure. Um, so uh, a bunch of that cheese, you know, that's gonna be the pork chops, and then we're gonna do green beans, and we're gonna do uh, macaroni and cheese just to get you know <sighs> get get the pasta in there still. And then the plan for Friday is uh, chicken Alfredo. So right. See, I'm kind of on that same diet regimen to some extent, but I can't have pasta because I has way too many carbs and way too many calories. And I really do respect you doing uh, that workout and whatever. Uh, what I usually do for my workout regimen, uh, it, it kind of varies. So, like I said, in the 75 hard challenge, and honestly, dude, I may just do this for the rest of you know how long. Uh, like you said, two workouts. My indoor workout goes from around like 5 a.m. to 7 a.m at the local community center in Ozark. And on days where we're not playing basketball, uh, like pickup basketball, I'll do some form of body workout. Now, I'm trying to have it in place to where I work out my legs and on Monday and Wednesday and then arms Tuesday and Thursday. But if they're playing ball on, you say, Monday and Wednesday, well, I'm going to cu- count that as a leg workout because you know, right. you're running up and down the court. You know, you're getting all of your you know, leg muscles working, your calves, your shins, your knees, your quads, your th- you know, the whole works. You know, you played basketball before. I do that, and then today we didn't play basketball, so on normal days where we don't play, I'll run a mile around the track, and it's really, I still, it still blows my mind the fact that I can even run that long of a distance uh, continuously. Uh, <laughs> back when I was 366, I couldn't run maybe a half a mile without being gassed now. I can just do it without thinking about it. I don't mean to brag on myself or anything. Uh, But then I do that, and then I start lifting, like, the individual machines. You know, if you go to a fitness center or whatever, they have, like, the individual machines where you put in a weight, and then you just start lifting. Like, there's a chest press. There's, like, uh, oh, what's it called? Like, the bicep curls. You do all that stuff. And I have it on a rotation where I do three reps of 15 at a different station. So I'll do 15 reps at one station and then 15 reps at another station and then 15 reps at another station. Then I'll go back on the track and sprint a mile. Or not sprint a mile, sprint a lap. If I sprint a mile, I'd kill myself. I'd sprint a lap uh, around the track to get my heart rate up. Because, you know, the higher your heart rate is, the more calories you're going to burn. And then I just kind of rinse and repeat that until I'm done with all the machines in there uh, consistent to that workout. So today was Thursday. It's Thursday, right? Yes. Okay. It's t- so on Thursday I did arm workouts. So I just did all the arm workouts, and like I said, through every three stations, I sprint a lap and then just wash, rinse, repeat. Then I went to the elliptical, and then I did a mile there on like a uh, aerobic interval phase where uh, the resistance goes up higher the more you work out. So like it starts off at four, and by the end it's at like eight, which is uh, it's good for the legs, but I mean it, you know it, it will make you sore. And then I go to the free weight stuff, you know, where I just do like bench press, uh, use the individual weights and do curls, just do like stuff like that for five stations. And for every three workouts that I do per station, so so one station is like three or three different workouts for every three workouts that I do, same thing as, you know, the individual machines, sprint a lap around the track. And I just do that, uh, for my inside workout, um. Gets the calories going. Though, I will say, though, do you have a uh, like a Fitbit or like an Apple Watch? Yeah, I've got my Apple Watch. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what. These things are the biggest damn liars on the history of the planet. Because <laughs> it's funny. I will, like I said, I'll sprint my lap around the track. And my pulse is like beating like a uh, snare drum. It's beating like a wahoo drum, a bass drum. 
and my pull, like I'll look at my watch, like my pulse is like, you know, going this fast. And I look down at my watch and it says I'm going like 110 or like my pulse is like, like 100, like thinking I'm resting. Thinking, dude, there is no way in the depths of hell that I am at 110 pulse right now after just sprinting a lap around a track. There's no way. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, and I won't put too much stock into him. Like it says right here, I've already burned like 3,700 calories. I think I burned a little bit more than that just because the fact that I can feel my pulse and I think my pulse has been higher throughout the day. But that's besides the point. That's my indoor workout. And then I'll leave the facility where I'll leave the community center. And I know I'm just, you know, kind of on a ramble here and I'll get done with it here in a moment. And then, of course, for the second workout, I'm going to have to use it as an outside workout, which in this case, I run. Now, today was Thursday, and usually on a, on a Thursday, I'll try to uh, set it back down or I'll tone it back down. I kind of have my week set up as like a mountain. Like I'll start off slow on Monday, do like a 15 and 15 interval and do it for an hour, 15 minutes running, 15 minutes walking. And then Tuesday, I'll do a 20 minutes running and 20 minutes walking. And then uh, usually on Wednesdays, I'll do like a 2010-2010 interval where I'll one where I will run for 20 and then walk for 10 and then just do that for an hour. Uh, but yesterday I had to move my uh, sister's uh, equipment, my or, or <clears throat> her boxes. And uh, uh, I counted that as a workout because I got like 24,000 steps in and just, you know, an absurd amount of calories were burnt. But that's besides the point. Uh, usually today I would have toned it back to do a 20-20-20. But for the first time, and I don't know how long, I ran for 34 minutes straight. And... Uh, I did it because, uh, I'm trying to get emotional about this, uh, my late brother-in-law would have been 34 today. Uh, he was born on this day in January, on January 13th, 1988, and um, he would have been 34 today, and under normal circumstances, uh, we usually celebrate, uh, are you familiar with Tostino's Pizza, whatever, mm-hmm. the, you know, freezable, pat- okay, right, um, on, under normal circumstances, if I wasn't on this diet, uh, I would have had... One of those pizza and some uh, fudge graham cookies, and uh, we would have celebrated there. But uh, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. I'm doing this, you know, for my own personal sake, personal goodness. Um, couldn't do it this year, so I just thought there I had to think of some way to do it, and I ran for 34 minutes straight, uh, just around my block. Something that I thought I could never do. Uh, something that I've never really uh, recorded <laughs> doing, and um, I got that done today, and. Uh, thus far, I'm at 19,000 steps, and I still have an SBU game to call uh, earlier or later on today. Uh, they're playing Rockhurst, and um, I'll get some more steps in there. But uh, back to the original point, we were kind of talking about what I was doing for my 75 workout. You had to get in two workouts per day. Like I said, one indoor and one has to be outdoor. Um, you cannot have any cheat meals. You cannot cheat. Now... <laughs> See, uh, this is where I'm kind of concerned about it. It doesn't say, like, you can't just cheat overall. Like, it says you can't have any cheap meals. But, God, I feel terrible if I have, like, a slice of pizza or, like, mm. a candy bar or, like, anything like that. Because if you break any of these rules that I'm about to tell you, you have to restart it all over again. You have to go back to day one. And I don't want to do that with this challenge because <laughs> it is it is very, very, very difficult, but something that I'm going to get accomplished. So you can't have any cheat meals. You can't have any alcohol. You know, that's obviously the biggest problem. Uh, just kidding. Uh, you have to take a cold shower. 
which is very, very tough, obviously, in this weather for five minutes at least. And I'll tell you what, dude, and like I know it sounds bad, and believe me, there are times where I walk in the shower and I immediately want to get right back out because, you know, it's just so cold. It really helps regenerate your body. Mm. I, I can't believe how much, you know, I'm on day 11 of this, and I usually will have an average of like seventeen to 18,000 steps a day. I can't believe the fact that my body will be such in good shape to where I'm not really sore much of anywhere in my legs. And I think it's due to the fact that I take cold showers and I stretch after I work out. That's a very big key because if you do your workout and like say, if you run a few miles like what you do, you try to get your 10,000 steps in. If you do that and just kind of have your legs stiff and you're just kind of like, you really don't stretch them out again, it can really start cramping up your calves, your knees, that kind of stuff. That lactic acid buildup. That lactic acid buildup, exactly. So, uh, that the cold showers and the stretching afterwards, really, really instrumental in it. But yeah, you have to take a cold shower for at least five minutes. And I have that, trust me, I have that on time because the less time I'm in there, the better. The cold, believe me, <clears throat> though I'm on only day 11, I don't think you get used to the cold showers unless it's like 90 or 95 outside where, to where it just feels refreshing if you're in a cold shower. Uh, also, you have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book to where you are learning something. You have to learn uh, something. Right now, I'm reading a book on the Battle of Midway. You know, I'm a huge history mm-hmm. nut, so I'm reading that book right now. And then you have to, well, also, you have to drink one gallon of water a day, which I think people should just do in general. I mean, right. water is so good for you. It, like, pushes all the fatty essence out of your body, pushes all the toxic stuff out of your body. And then you have to post a profile or profile. I keep saying that. I want to keep saying progress pick, but I keep saying profile. You have to post a progress pick every day. And that's what I've been doing um, on my Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Um, if you want to follow me, it's the same as my Twitter at the sports for my Instagram. Uh, and then if you find, if you do find me on Facebook, and if there's anybody that does have Facebook, just search uh, Matthew Frizzell, F-R-I-Z-Z-E-L-L. You'll see a goofy picture of me in a Royals uniform. You'll see the goat. Yeah. You'll see a picture of me in a Royals uniform uh, looking uh, right behind the fountains over there. I really should change that profile pic, but that's besides the point. You'll see me there, and then I post that to my story, and then my Snapchat is like Matthew F-R-I-Z-199. I wish, the hell, I wish like hell you could change your username on I Snapchat, know. but it's for privacy reasons you can't, but... I post my picks there, and uh, like I said earlier, like 20 minutes ago, <laughs> I'm on day 11 right now. It's sort of like PlayStation Network in that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm a PlayStation guy, not an Xbox guy. You know, you, you make your snap. I made my Snapchat, I think it was in seventh grade. Right. I was a fifth grader when I made my PlayStation Network, and I look back on both of those, and I was like, I wish I could change those. Yeah. They just, they just they're, like, they're not inappropriate or anything. They're just stupid. Like, my PlayStation Network name is Danish underscore donut. It's just dumb. You know, I didn't know how to make a PlayStation Network account, so I had a buddy of mine who had one come over and make my account for me, and that's the name he gave me. You know, it was it was 14 years ago now that that was made, and I want to change it so bad, but I don't know how. They won't let you. Right. Same thing. Like my my Snapchat is like LHS cards or like something from like my high school. You know, like where I went to school in Lawson, and it's like that's just stupid. Like I just want to change that because that you know. I don't. I don't go to school there anymore. I don't even live there anymore. Yeah. Like I just. I want to get rid of it, but but you know I can't. And that's right. just the way it goes sometimes. But no, I'd really recommend uh, people at least give seventy five hard a chance. Give it a try. Uh, 
And look, I'm only on day 11. There's no saying that I'm not going to fail this, though I really don't feel like I am going to fail because, you know, it's all about getting into a rhythm. Like you said earlier when you were talking about uh, your body getting sore, whatever. Look, folks, it's just about getting in a rhythm and staying on that rhythm, you know. Whenever I first started doing my outside runs or whatever, my calves hurt like hell. I I had to stretch them out badly. I had to, you know, do all these exercises to try to get that, that lactic acid out, like you said. The more and more you do it, the more and more you just get used to it, and the more and more you'll be able to do it. Yeah, it's really about getting through that first week and a half, two weeks. I mean, once you get to that point, your body becomes used to it. It becomes sort of a muscle memory thing. Right. You wake up in the morning. You know, for me, last week I had issue with getting, you know, I had some trouble getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning to get that first workout in by 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. Well, and I had trouble with that earlier this week, Monday, Tuesday, but by, like, today, I was up and at them. Seven o'clock on the dot. I woke up before my alarm went off. You know, one of those things that my body is becoming used to that. So at 6.57, I was up before my 7 a.m. alarm went off. Got a chance to go in and do my workout, made my protein shake, took a shower. Uh, I was ready to roll. And it's just it's just about getting your body in a rhythm. You know, that's such a big part of it. And frankly, I think the biggest thing for me with, with working out and lifting is you think that when you when you're lifting weights and when you're running two, three, four miles a day, that it's gonna drain you of your energy. I have more energy yes. now than I have in the last six months with doing nothing. That's the biggest misconception right there. People are just like, well, working out, it's gonna drain me for the rest of the day. It's gonna do this and do that. No, it will not. Believe me, after I'm done with my first workout, and once again, it'll it'll just be about getting into a rhythm. You gotta think, all right. I got to get on to my next workout. I got to get this going. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fully prepared. I'm fully into it. Whenever you're doing a challenge like this, and you know, it doesn't have to be 75 hard. It could be like what you're doing, Logan. You just get yourself into a rhythm to where it's hard to snap out of it. My rhythm is on the dot. It is on time almost. Whenever I wake up in the morning, I wake up at four, work out from five to seven, stretch out, go back home, and do my run from around. 7.30 to 8.30, take my cold shower, read my 10 pages, and then you're done. You're, you know, you're done for the rest of the day. You have the rest of your day to yourself. That's the biggest thing for anybody that wants to start on something. Yes, it requires motivation. Yes, it requires discipline. But once you get into it, like you said, Logan, after that first 10 to 14 days, it just becomes muscle memory. It becomes it to where it feels awkward to not be doing what you have been doing. It feels awkward to not go on a run after you work out. It feels awkward not taking a cold shower after your workout. It feels awkward not reading 10 pages out of your nonfiction book after your cold shower. And of course, I'm speaking in metaphorical terms and my essence to my workout plan, but that could be for any one of you that want to try you know, the 75 hard challenge or any kind of weight loss program. It's that simple. You just have to get into a rhythm and you are set and you become a better person the more and more you continue to do it. It's amazing. It really yeah, is. Without a doubt. And and you know, for you it's weight loss. For me, it's weight gain. And there's there's so many different ways that you can go about it. And it's just strange how, you know, somewhat similar they are. You know, and, and you and your weight loss, we're doing a lot of the same workouts. Sure. But I'm uh, for sure, I'm probably consuming a lot more calories than you are. And like yeah. you said, you're not you carbs and, and fiber and that sort of, you know, you're cutting out pasta and I'm sure you're not eating a lot of bread or any of that stuff no. either. That's that's sort of where the difference is in between what you're doing and what I'm doing is a lot of mine 
involves having to eat a lot of carbs with pasta or bread or, you know, all that sort of stuff. But everything, you know, my, my protein shakes is 20 grams of whey protein as well as, you know, I've got these little like um, protein smoothie things. You know, it's like banana and uh, banana and blueberries. And it's each each serving of it, each cup has 20 grams of whey protein in that too. So I throw that in there, throw some ice cream in there for some flavor. Um, dark chocolate, which I guess is is a great source of, of protein and, and healthy, you know, helping you gain lean muscle. Sure. As well as throwing in two, maybe sometimes three scoops of peanut butter if I've got the room for it. Whatever I can do and using milk, not water. You know, milk is a great source of protein and when you... Do a protein shake with water. It tastes disgusting. I hate it. So with milk, it's so much better. But we've we've been talking about this for almost 30 minutes now. Uh, let's And it does involve sports. It involves your well-being and things like that. It's absolutely something worth talking about. But let's get on the subject of some breaking news that just occurred in the realm of the National Basketball Association. Yes, yes. Before we get to that, one quick... You know, honestly, from what I'm looking at, my diet is somewhat closer to yours. It might... I'm doing the thing called the wrestler's diet. And if you want to check it out, it's on, you know, you just search and it gives you the, you know, parameters. I have to eat fresh fruits, whole grains. And it says I can't have like whole grain pastas and rice. So I just can't have anything that's white, basically. Uh, lean meats, fresh vegetables, eggs, which are really good in protein, uh, nuts, seeds, and peanut butter, baked potatoes, low fat dairy, and beans. So yeah, I guess my diet is somewhat similar to yours. Very and, similar. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, like you said, you're trying to, you know, bulk up, eat, you know, like three to 4,000 calories a day. I'm trying to, you know, eat, you know, 2,000 to 2,500 calories a day. But yeah, like you said, we got some breaking news from the National Basketball Association. They are going into a, lo- oh, wait, no, this isn't the MLB. Never mind. My apologies. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. This is, this is involving trade, a big trade, actually. And for some, it may th- seem like, you know, it's just for a role player, whatever. But this role player was a former first round pick. The Atlanta Hawks are trading Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a 2025 second round pick to the New York Knicks in exchange for a protected 2022 first rounder. And also, Kevin Knox from the New York Knicks will be heading to Atlanta as well. So, Cam Reddish once again reunited with R.J. Barrett. And the Knicks, you know, they've kind of been a little meh. I mean, of course, they had a nice year last year whenever they made the postseason. Unfortunately, got bounced down the first round by said Atlanta Hawks. But adding a 3 and D player in Cam Reddish, who has a lot of upside, uh, still very, very young. Looking at it here, I think Reddish is somewhere around the age of 22. I believe 20, he's 22 years yeah, old. Yeah, 22 years old. That's a good age. Uh, he has a lot of upside. He's a 3 and D player now, but he has that potential to maybe elevate his game to the next level. And believe me, the Knicks right now, they need shooters. They need guys that can score the ball because Randall hasn't been doing that well. Kemba Walker hasn't been doing that well. I believe at one point he got completely nixed out of the rotation by Tom Thibodeau. But a trade nonetheless that really improves the Knicks. But also, you get a 2022 first-rounder back if you're the Atlanta Hawks and a solid player that I think needs to get more of a look in Kevin Knox. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's a deal that, that makes sense for both sides, in my opinion. Kevin Knox, in the position that he's in right now, he, he sort of gets put in a, in a tough spot because, you know, you know who the top two, top three scorers on that team are going to be. 
It's going to be Julius Randle. It's going to be R.J. Barrett. And it's going to be Kimba Walker, although Evan Fournier has really come into his own as of late, too. Not to mention Derrick Rose has been, when he's been healthy, has been playing. Rose has only played in 26 games, and Kimba's only played in 24 injuries uh, himself. What I think this allows is for Kevin Knox to go to Atlanta and assume a bigger role. He's having issues playing behind those guys. Because as good as Evan Fournier has been, it's it's uh, for the Knicks... They still need a a real small forward guy, you know, and whether that's moving R.J. Barrett to the three and letting Cam Reddish play the two or vice versa, it allows for that. Cam Reddish and and R.J. Barrett are very familiar with one another, as you mentioned, from their time playing together in Duke. And for the Hawks, it allows them to have another, you know, not a big necessarily, but a, a good-sized player on their roster. You know, Trey Young is a little bit undersized. Kevin Werder is a 6'5", but he's skinny. You know, he's he's not a very bulky guy. And and John Collins, for that matter, is not a big for a four. You know, he, he is a stretch four is how I would describe him. He is a tremendous athlete, but in terms of his size, his build, he's not a very thick guy. Kevin Knox is. He's only 6'7", but he weighs about 225, 230. He's got a a lot of lean muscle to him, and and that allows for some things to open up. And Kevin Knox was in a bad situation in New York. He was averaging three points a game, wasn't getting much of a look at all. He only played in 13 games. Right. Didn't have a single start this year. He's another very young guy. He's only 22 years old. Cam Reddish, also only 22 years old. And Cam Reddish is a guy that I think... If he continues on the trajectory he's on, he could take a big step forward. Now, what what I don't think a lot of people realize, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, he's been a bust so far. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. Right. I will say that. You know, he's he's in his third year of the NBA. He's only played in 118 games. He played in 58 games his rookie year in Atlanta. And then last year, when they had that big run to the Eastern Conference Finals, he only played in 28 games. Or 26 games, excuse me. But he's averaged double figures every year he's been in the league. He averaged 10.5 as a rookie, 11.2 last year, and he's averaging 11.9 this year. His his percentages have gone up. He's, he's shooting a better percentage from the field this year than he did last year, 40.2%. He's shooting nearly 38% from the three-point line, which is better than in the years past. 90% from the free-throw line, which is a career best for him as well. But the issues come with the fact that he's only averaging an assist a game. He's not a facilitator. You know, he is, as you mentioned, he's a 3 and D guy right now in his career. And the Knicks need a guy like that Mm -hmm. because Julius Randle isn't an overly accomplished defender. Kimba Walker certainly isn't either. You know, people complained about Kyrie's defense when he was in Boston, and they brought in Kimba thinking that maybe Kimba could be a better defender. He was worse. He was a downgrade, yeah, exactly. He, in terms of his defense, absolutely. Now, as a teammate, he was a better guy than Kyrie. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah. as a as a player, as a scorer and a defender, he wasn't. He couldn't hold a candle to Kyrie. So he needs to work on that, and he needs to work on his ability to come in and help rebound too. Because this season, he's only averaging two and a half rebounds a game. For his career, he's only averaging three point four. You can't do that in this league anymore. You know, you can't be a guy that I'm here to score 25 points a game but only average two assists and two rebounds. That doesn't work in today's NBA. I mean, you think about a guy that shouldn't be a great rebounder but really for his position is Steph Curry. 
Yeah. You look at Steph Curry. Steph Curry is not a guy. He's a guy that you think, okay, he'll score 25 a game and six or seven assists and two rebounds. No. For his career, Steph Curry has 4.6 rebounds a game. For his career, six foot three yes, and six, six and a half assists. Point guard, yeah. Yeah, that's just what he does. I mean, this season, he's scoring 26.8 points per game, five and a half rebounds, six assists. That's the kind of guy you have to be in this league. Not a triple-double threat, necessarily. But a guy that will go chase after boards and not try to, you know, be cherry-picking on outlets or whatever. Right. The NBA isn't looking for a guy that's good at one or two things anymore. You have to be solid in multiple different specialties. If that means you're a great three-point shooter and a great defender, that's great. We need you to do one more thing well. And for Cam Reddish, if that means to be a good passer then so be it. If it means to be a good rebounder, so be it. But to be a guy that for his career averages 11 points a game, which screams to me a role player or a, you know, fourth or fifth scoring option. You know, he's the the starting small forward, but he's the fourth scoring option. Yeah. Okay, 11 points a game, fine. But three rebounds... And one assist a game. Got to do more. Not going to get it done. It's absolutely not going to get the job done for what the NBA expects today. And maybe in New York, Cam Reddish gets those opportunities because they are an undersized team. Exactly. The yeah. Knicks. The Knicks are a team that really likes to run with an undersized lineup. I mean, you take a look. Similar to how basketball really is played now, especially in the professional level, where they go small guys. I think right now, talking about the Lakers, and oh, that may be my therapy session Thursday. Considering one Los Angeles Laker right now, I don't even think I need to ma- name his name in order to uh, announce it. But yeah, that's how the NBA is going right now. They'll have like guys that are you know six nine, six ten at the five or even the four at some points. I believe right now with Anthony Davis out for the Lakers, LeBron James is playing center and he's doing pretty well at it. Though the Lakers are still losing games, but yeah, that's just kind of how the NBA is. And right now, I think their tallest player for the Knicks, if I'm not. Uh, mistaken is Mitchell Robinson and you know he is a you know he is a big rebounder and defender but he doesn't score at a high efficiency clip right yeah he he's their he's their big he's their center but he's only averaging eight points a game right you know you've got you look at you look up and down their roster you've got Julius Randle right now averaging 19 points a game 10 rebounds um he's the team's leading rebounder Julius Randle is Mitchell Robinson is a a guy that he he's a paint protector yeah he, he's a shot blocker. That's what he does, averaging 1.6 blocks a game, but eight rebounds, eight assists. You need more guys that can come in and crash the boards. You know, you're look, I'm looking at their leading scores. Julius Randle at 19 points a game, R.J. Barrett 16.6, and he is chipping in five and a half rebounds. Evan Fournier, Kimball Walker, Derek Rose, Alec Burks, Emmanuel Quickly are the next leading scorers for that team. 12, 12, and 10. And none of those guys are averaging above four rebounds a game. Alec Burks is this team's, I guess you could say, fifth leading rebounder at 4.3 rebounds a game. Their leading assist man is also Julius Randle at 4.9. I know how much Julius Randle meant to that team. I knew he was their star player, but I mean, yeah, he leads the team in categories, leads the team in points, rebounds, and assists. I thought that'd be something that Kimball would take on, but I guess also, like you said, he's been injured, and at times he's also been moved out of the rotation by Tom Thibodeau. 
Yeah, he's, he's played in 24 games and started all 24 of those games. But Kimball Walker has never been a guy that is notorious for his passing ability. He's only averaging 3.6 assists this season. So the Knicks have a lot of talent there. They just need more. And I think they look at this roster and they look at some of the guys they have, Evan Fournier, Kimball Walker, Derrick Rose, and they realize those guys are getting older. You know, they've got Taj Gibson who's getting older. And then you look and you see Julius Randle. You see R.J. Barrett. You see Emmanuel Quickly, Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin. And you realize that there is a good nucleus for the future of this franchise. They just need guys that fit into their system. Right. And I think Cam Reddish fits into what the Knicks want to do in the future alongside R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. Well, talking about the future here, and like we said, this conversation stemmed from the fact that Cam Reddish is now a New York Knick. He is now a New York Knicks via a trade by the Atlanta Hawks along with Solomon Hill in a 2022, or 2025 correction, second round pick in order or in exchange for Kevin Knox from the Knicks and a first round pick for this year's upcoming draft. But we talk about the future and right now, a future that is uncertain right now in the world of sports is that of Major League Baseball. Now, I heard you talking about this a little bit, like you said, or like I said earlier on the sports reporters with Ned Reynolds. You can catch that on the ESPN Jock stations, 96.9, 99.9, or 10.60 a.m., uh, 9 to 11 Central Standard Time. You're on the three stations I just mentioned. But the Major League Baseball Association, or just the players, it's association, everybody, it's on lockout right now. Okay, there's nothing going on in Major League Baseball. Uh, I've had heard of some minor league signings. I believe the Royals actually signed Ar- Arvidas Vizcaino, I believe. They signed a relief pitcher, which obviously the Royals desperately need. They need pitching. Uh, still waiting on that pitching or those pitching prospects to develop. But that's besides the point. They are not. They may not even pitch in a game this year because we're still in a lockout. Now, this brings up my main point. Looking at this tweet here from Jeff Passan, ESPN writer for baseball for ESPN, Major League Baseball and the MLB Player Association plan to hold a bargaining session today, Thursday. Sources tell ESPN MLB is expected to make a core economics proposal at this session which would be the first between the sides since the league locked out its players on December the 2nd. Now, will the lockout end after this meeting? Absolutely not. I, we're, Dude, they are so far apart. The owners, Major League Baseball in itself, and the Player Association, you know, people can't see it, you mean, but I'd say the distance between them right now is the distance between, I'd say, I don't know, Great Britain and Japan. Like, there is a lot of differences that have to be accustomed with this economics agreement. Players want more money, and the owners are saying, well, we don't have that money, and rightfully so. There's arguments that could be made for both sides here, I feel like. And then, of course, you have the intricacies of, like, the universal DH, the, the rules of the game, how to speed up the game, and what have you. I highly doubt that this meeting will solve everything, but it's a step in the right direction. It's a step of saying, okay, here's our plan if you're Major League Baseball. Here's our plan if you're the Player Association. Let's start, you know, kind of, it's kind of like pawning off something, you know. Okay, I want $500 for this. Well, okay, I'll give you $300. Well, okay, $400. Okay, $350. Okay, and then they finally agree to terms on something. And hopefully this something is met before the season starts because, believe it or not, dude, we're sitting here on, what, January 13th. Major League Baseball... Their spring training is about, what, six, seven weeks away? 
and then the season a little bit further after that. So a lot still to be determined about Major League Baseball, but this first economic beating, like I said, highly doubt it's going to end the lockout, but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it it certainly is a step in the right direction. And you mentioned spring training. Pitchers and catchers report on the 17th. Of January? Of February. Okay, okay, thank you. So we're we're a month away from the beginning of the MLB slate with pitchers and catchers reporting if in they just, even do report. just over a month if we get to that point. I agree with you. Nothing, nothing. They're not going to come out of this meeting and be like, yep, we made a deal. You know, everything's going to go the way it wants to. You know, the the owners are billionaires and saying that there's not enough money when they're raking in $30 million a year. Um, the the players ha- have their discrepancies that, that they want to get over. You know, and some of that I agree with. You know, I, I'm definitely more on the side of the players than I am the owners. I am too, yeah. Um, when it comes to things like they said arbitration, they want that to be taken a serious look at because the six years of MLB service or the 27 years old or whatever it is, they want that to be lowered because they're seeing in all of these other leagues guys making huge money. You know, I think of guys like Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, um, De'Aaron Fox with the Sacramento Kings, you know, who in the last year of his rookie deal signed like a four-year $180 million deal or something crazy for the max. You can't do that in Major League Baseball because these guys can just hold on to you forever. And there have been instances of guys, you know, you look at it and you say, oh, that's great. That's great management on their part, you know, brilliant. You know, when I look at, and it makes me excited to a certain extent, it also frustrates me to a certain extent. When I look at the Salvador Perez contract, you know, the fact that they were able to sign Salvador Perez for six years for $50 million or whatever that deal was, you know, you look back on it now and you're like, oh, that was a bargain. Salvador Perez should have been able to go out and make two, three times that amount of money. But he couldn't because of the six years of MLB service that was required before he could he could go out and negotiate with other teams and sign a big deal. And that was what the Royals were willing to offer. Which now, you know, yes, they look like geniuses for doing that, for offering him the money that he had. And yes, it's nothing to shake your head at, but... He deserved to make more money than he than he's making because of how good he is. That only happens in Major League Baseball. That doesn't happen in any other sport. And yes, some of that helps the the lower leveled teams because there is no salary cap because it is based on payroll and how much the owners are willing to pay and blah 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 blah. And you know, I I don't know. It, it's it's a situation that I understand both sides have their grievances and they're going to discuss them and they're going to go over them. That's understandable. I just hope that it doesn't reach a point where we miss out on on Major League Baseball this year because it's already behind. Right. Major League Baseball is already fighting an uphill battle with a garbage commissioner, the worst in professional sports, worse worse than Goodell in the NFL, obviously worse than Adam Silver in the NBA, and you know, I don't hear a lot about the commissioner of the National Hockey League. Gary Bettman, he's all right. He's kind of like, he, on a scale of like horribleness from like one to 10, 10 being the worst and one being the best, he's like on a five or six. There's some questionable things he does, you know, but he's not to the extent of Goodell you or don't, Manfred. You don't hear about all the things he does wrong sure. every day, like Rob Manfred. He's the worst manager in American professional sports, at least North American professional sports. He's the worst, and I don't think there's any way they can argue that. 
So you're already behind those other leagues from a commissioner's perspective. In terms of a revenue perspective, you're behind the NFL and the NBA. You've got to do more. You've got to do a better job with ratings and things like that. And this lockout is not helping. Right. Because And, you know, I heard it earlier on your show whenever, you know, Kirk was talking about, you know, you've got billionaires versus millionaires talking about terms, whatever. Well, us, you know, thousandaires, you know, us normal everyday people are just like, yo, I would, you know, take off my left arm if I could pitch for $5 million per starter, if I could make $20 million a year like these players are making and these owners are ranking in. These problems in the grand scheme of things for those who are watching are not that big of an issue. So why do we keep acting like it? You're going to drive away baseball. You're going to drive away baseball fans. It has long gone, and I hate saying this because I'm a huge baseball purist. You know this just as much as I do. Baseball has long gone lost its title of America's pastime. Agreed. It's now football because football has, as bad as Roger Goodell is as a commissioner, they have their you-know-what together. They have their SHIT together. Okay. Major League Baseball in this horrendous lockout it's just making it worse. And if there's any kind of baseball, whether it's spring training, which I think is going to happen, or regular season, which I also think is going to happen, if any of that is voided and we have to miss games and play baseball into got November or even December for all that matters, you're going to lose a lot of fans in a sport that is already dying. This is terrible. This is terrible for Major League Baseball. You know, I have my own acquisitions about it. I think first and foremost, there should be a flat salary cap in Major League Baseball. That would help out the owners, I think, a little bit. And it also give teams a bigger advantage, like smaller market teams, like say the Kansas City Royals, in acquiring players to help them build a championship team because we have this horrible thing in Major League Baseball called tanking. But at the same time, and for those who don't know, tanking is where you purposely put in on a roster of players that just aren't as good as certain other players for certain other teams, you lose games in order to get higher draft picks. And they lose, you know, 50 to, or they lose 100 to 110 games, only win about 40 times. Well, on the other hand, you'll have teams that win, say, 90 to 100 to 110 games and win among that. And you just have, you just don't have much parity in Major League Baseball like you do, say, in the NBA, the NHL, or the NFL. Well, I think that could all be avoided if we just had a flat salary cap so that say the Los Angeles Dodgers can be on the same playing field as the Kansas City Royals or the Oakland Athletics or the Tampa Bay Rays or what have you. A flat salary cap would go a long way in putting more parity in Major League Baseball, but I highly doubt that's going to be done because that means less money for both the players and the managers, or managers, my correction, owners, GMs. So, you know, if I could... We could all just, you know, sit by a campfire, sing Kumbaya, and just be like, look, everything's going to be fine. We're going to figure it out. But that's far from what's going to happen with these negotiations, and I hate it. I really do hate it. I wish we could get Lucas Harrell's opinion on this because he's been a guest on our podcast before, and we've had him as a co-host for Sports Talk here and there. But I would really want to get his take on what is all going on here because he has been in the association. He was a player. Now, he wasn't a all-star caliber tier player like, say, a Max Scherzer or a Jacob DeGrom or what have you. But, hey, he was a part of that 1%, something that you and I will never, ever get to experience. But I would love to have his take on it and what has been really a shamble fest 
in Major League Baseball right now with the players bickering, the owners bickering about money and all this kind of stuff. It's it's not a good look for the sport that's already dying, and it's not helping that Rob Manfred is the freaking commissioner of that association or that league, I should say. It's not an association. It's a league, but still, nonetheless, he is not helping causes, and he's not going to help in the near future. <sighs> I'm out of breath, all the rambling that we've done here. But it's rightfully, you know, stowed. It's rightfully earned. Because, one, we haven't podcasted in like three weeks. <laughs> and, two, we're just getting upset, and rightfully so as well, on stuff that, you know, really shouldn't be happening. But it's happening because, you know, we have two sides that are just not wanting to come to terms with something as big as the money they want. And like you said, I agree with the players, but I also have, or I can also see an argument with the owners about the economics of the whole proposal. It's not a good look. Like I said, I think a lot would be solved. There was just a flat salary cap. I think players should have a little bit more rights, like you said, than what the owners have, because there's also the, uh, like you said, the arbitration and the service time, like, Teams manipulate service time for players. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Wood Jr. would fall victim to that. Right. Where he can't be caught up until May so that they can get another year of service time with him. They, the Cubs did that with Chris Bryant at one point. I believe the Cronos at some point did that to maybe Colby Rasmus or maybe Oscar Tavares. I'm not 100% sure on who, but there are multiple teams doing that with multiple talented players. And if you're a commissioner or if you're just a regular fan of baseball and say, well, hey, this guy over here is playing better than this guy over here, but this guy is in AAA. Why? Oh, service time so they can mani- manipulate him? Oh, got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, screw the player, I guess. You know, screw him for, you know, getting more service time, getting more money, which is also another joke. The minor leagues are, those players, highly underpaid, and hopefully that gets resolved in this economics I mean by I highly doubt it. But having, you know, guys, I can't even think of the dude's third, I can't even think of the dude's name, but having guys that are just not, that good, all reference the Chicago Cubs, they had a guy at third base, and his last name ended with Ott, but I can't think of his first name, but he was playing there at third, and people were just like, well, why is this guy playing? We have Chris Bryant down here ready to go. Why isn't he playing? Oh, we need some service time with him. Got it. We we can't we can't win games with this guy, but we have a guy over here that can help us win games, but we can't call him up yet because of service time. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. Really is a joke. And I hate the fact, and as a baseball purist, I mean, I know you're into the game, but I'm, I don't mean to, you know. No, you're 100% right. You're, I, you are more invested in the game of baseball and know more about the game of baseball than me, no question. Yeah, and just knowing this much about the game and all that's going on, there's a lot of discrepancy, and you just hope that you have it figured out. You really do. Oh, man, oh, man. All right, I know it's Thursday, but I feel like we just ranted there for the last 20 or 25 minutes, so that could honestly be our therapy session Thursday about Major League Baseball and how much of a joke it is. Basically so. I can't stand Rob Manfred. I can't stand the the billionaire owner saying, well, we we, we don't have any money, you know. I think, what was it? It was Bill DeWitt III, I think, or the Cardinals owner himself said, well, baseball is just not that profitable. Really? Really? You, You expect us to believe that? With all the ticket sales, concession money, advertising, all all the money you get from you know St. Louis itself or whatever city the baseball team is in, you don't think that makes a lot of money or it's it's not profitable? Really? Give me a break. If it's not that profitable, why have you been the owner of the team for so long? Bingo! That's why have you not sold the team yet? Exactly. 
Logan, exactly. Well, I think we need to sell out of this program here. 12.14 p.m. Central Standard Time. Began here at like 11, closing in on an hour, looking at the audio waves of Adobe Audition here. We're at 53 minutes and counting, about to get to 56. So I believe we've rambled on long enough, but I've enjoyed our conversation back, our podcast back after, you know, a three week of hiatus. I should have said I was in COVID super quarantine. I had super quarantine. I had all the variants of COVID. I had the Delta variant, the Omicron variant, the first ever variant of COVID, uh, whatever variants may come in the future. I should have, I should have just said I had that mm. and just went on a super quarantine and wasn't able to be back here for the last three weeks. Consume the COVID smorgasbord. Yeah, exactly. Just have the COVID vax or have the COVID variants and all of them just injected into my veins. But no, we've just been very, very busy here at the stations. And hey, look, we appreciate being busy because you know what that means? A lot more of this, a lot more. True. A lot of more greenbacks for us two rookies. Logan, always appreciate it, my man. Stay sane. Don't get sick because we apparently have a COVID problem here. And uh, we'll hopefully do it again tomorrow. Absolutely. For Logan Weber, I am Matthew Frizzell. This has been the Thursday edition of the Rookie Sports Report Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Don't let anyone tell you about any of the odds on what you may or may not do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Fire Quanzo Martin.